0: Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Friday show in Reno, Friday here in Las Vegas. Like there's a, we're broadcasting to Australia apparently. Uh, yeah, it's Friday. All over the state of Nevada, JVT Cofield, Demon is here. Demon may have something very, very glass overflowing for fans of the Mountain West. That's coming up in about 30 minutes. A lot of hope. A lot of upside. If you have not been listening, if you haven't been paying attention to sports today, the conference chaos is on. It looks like the Big 12 is being picked apart. Big 10 taking Washington and Oregon and Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah about to be accepted into the Big 12. You want to react to anything we're talking about today, Finley Key, a text line 69187, keyword ESPN. That's a text at 69187.
1: Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents The Big 4 at 4.
0: Number 4. I love most fans of sports. I back most fans of sports. The ones I don't are the ones who are super belligerent in the crowd who think they're watching some sort of gladiators on the field who have no access to them, can't hear them. Fans believe they're just cartoon characters. Yeah, it's not always the case they can hear you. So, John, did we have someone actually try to do something about some talk and jump into the stands? Yeah, but here's the thing. So I agree
2: with every point. I think that becomes stronger when you're talking about minor league baseball players who are just trying to grind and toil to get just a cup of coffee in the bigs and maybe, like, latch on. So, Rhodey Reed, who had a cup of coffee with the Washington Nationals, is a catcher and first-base prospect, plays for the Spire City Ghost Hounds. So, the Spire City Ghost Hounds – down 11-8. Big moment. Bases loaded. One out. 2-0 count. Turn a double play. All right, cool. Get out of the inning. Give, your, give you guys a shot here going into the ninth. Problem is, Reed apparently heard something he didn't like. Because the second he caught that ball to complete the double play, he throws the glove down and goes sprinting oh, wow. into the stands. And here's the best part. When you watch the video, Steve, you see two people get up out of their seats And sprint up the stairs. Oh, they run? Yep. Because they They know exactly, yep. They knew exactly (laughs) what he was doing, where he was going, and why he was going there. And there were witnesses. And people say, like, one guy who was there tweeted out, Can I just say, was at this game, and the names this dude and his daughter were calling uh, Rowdy that whole inning were asinine and barbaric. So they were calling him all sorts of stuff, and he decided that he had enough of it. And he wanted to go up there and show him something. Good for him. He had to get pulled back out of the stands. And you wimps. To sit there and talk, and then immediately when he starts coming, you're running like you're some sort of victim because you know exactly what you did. I wish you would have gotten his hands on him.
3: Yeah. I just watched the video, and you it, see him running, right? Yeah. How calmly the run was. It's like he just he's like, I'm just gonna saunter over, and I'm gonna get after him. <laughs> it was the calmness for me.
0: There's almost never been a case where uh, an athlete went after a fan where the fan was a victim. Oh, never. Almost uh, never. Right. Uh, the I mean the malice at the palace is one, I think one of the greatest things that's ever happened in sports. Now, did anyone learn anything from it? Of course not. But I I did days and weeks of radio celebrating everyone who got punched in the face by an NBA player. And you had the, the well, many people in the media were like, oh my god! Artest test and Jermaine O'Neal I like if the, 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 the guy who's shorter and fatter than me who ran on the court and ran at Jermaine O'Neal. The fact that he lived through that, he survived that, almost depresses me. Yeah, I'll be that vicious. I love, I love Jermaine O'Neal's just like, boom, freaking, well. right to the head. And the well, I can never remember the guy's last name. The guy who flipped the water to start right. the whole thing, John yeah. something. Um, I mean, I could not wish a more terrible life upon that person. You're an animal.
2: I will say, wasn't there one person in the House of the Palace that like wasn't involved and got socked in the face by our test? <laughs>
0: Like, it, okay. wasn't that the first punch?
2: for who, who was like, in front yeah, of the guy like who threw it. Hey, it was, it just was, like, like, it was, it was me, it was
3: me, it was me. He's like, cool, run, right, our <laughs> test is coming.
0: Don't let these <laughs> malicious facts get in the way of my narrative. I mean, the rest it, of them I yeah,
3: agree
2: with. Yes, but, but that guy got, but <laughs>
0: guy got a bad beat. But people who scream in the crowd and, you know, especially it's, it's tiny little people and they think they're, you know. It's make-believe. Like These are gigantic human beings generally who you're talking to who would slaughter you on the street, and you would never say this to them.
2: Right. That's the thing that irritates you, right? Is that you would never say it to their face because you feel like you're protected because Mm -hmm. you know they can't do anything about it. And this is why Rowdy Reed should be a hero for everybody.
1: Number three. So
0: much good TV going on right now. So much good TV. I loved Winning Time, and I don't care that Jerry West tried to unravel it. Do you believe most of it was true? Is that the important word, most? Or do you think, like, 50-50 was true? You know, half of it was a fabrication or an extension of facts. I would say the it was. first winning time season. If people yeah. didn't see it about the rise of the Showtime Lakers and Jerry West did not come off well. Um, you know, it's funny. I saw Spencer Haywood. Like a nice guy. I saw Spencer Haywood over at uh, – he walked by us over at the Summer League, and I was like, man, this guy – Like didn't he chop like part of his wiener off or something at one point? Like he he had big drug problems. He was just crazy, uh, you know. Back then, had massive drug problems. Um, I'm trying to think who else came off badly. Chick Hearn did not come off well. No, and he's not here to defend himself. Do I believe that Chick Hearn put up the stop sign to Pat Riley all the time? Yes, I do. Yes, I do.
2: I think much like a lot of things, which are shows based on real life events. Probably true, but exaggerated. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, there's probably, it's probably true that he had his problems and he was the way that he was. Like,
0: it seemed believable, Kareem being sort of an angry guy at the NBA and fans and the way he's portrayed and annoyed with happy-go-lucky, you know, over-the-top jubilant magic at the beginning. I'm sure he was like, who the hell is this guy? Why is he like this? And I think he said since that Kareem, Kareem did get a joy that came back into the game because well one winning is a lot of fun and so. magic was a fun guy to play with
2: yeah so i i would think i mean i would think out of all of this there is some truth to everything that you saw and i also think we don't like true versions of ourselves you know what I mean? Oh, like no. To, to oh, see your oh, negativity. Oh. If I were to make a movie about all the bad qualities about you, you would hate to watch it. Yeah. So I'm sure that there's probably problem.
0: And we're all like that. I'm like that too, so don't worry. Yeah. If anybody well, I don't like, care. You would hate it. Yeah, like, I, no, I, I, don't, I don't care. No. I'm who I am. Like, no, no. people really, if you get portrayed based on how people see you. Yep.
2: Ooh. And then so that's the thing. Because that's the other part about it is your reality comes crashing down. You think you're this person. In reality, people view you a different way. So I'm sure that's why uh. a lot of guys weren't happy about it either.
3: I would just say back back when the show came out, I did the show with Vinny and he was Mr. Laker back then. He's oh, like, God. Jerry West didn't even have a glass office. He wouldn't have broken any glass by throwing that trophy. And I was like, I don't care. Facts don't matter. Wait, when that's it, that's the fact he argued with there's no glass. Like Yeah, okay. there was no glass in that office. Well
0: the he, fact the fact that Jerry West was a twirl. Mild
3: mannered guy. Overly
0: competitive weenie when he first got into basketball, sure. it's believable. He, that guy that guy had to go through a career where he was awesome but the Celtics were always freaking better that can make someone really bitter and angry I pray I'm gonna get down on my knees pray because I hate those Celtics teams of the 80s. I pray that we find out about the real Larry bird which you know what's funny yeah. but we saw at the end of the first season of winning time he was actually kind of admirable in terms of his grumpiness and single-minded goal of winning. Because he was so the polar opposite in terms of mood versus magic, so we're going to see a lot of Larry Bird. Lots. And why is that? Red it, uh, Arbac comes off as a jackass. Of yeah, the guy arrogant. from the Shield, Michael Chickless. Yeah, yeah, Chickless does a good job. Oh yeah, he yeah, that was a good one. I forgot about I that. And, and the then we're talking. Again. Then we're talking like now we're going nitty gritty of the '80s, which means more partying, sex galore, and freaking NBA people might want uh, might not want to talk about it now, but freaking Yale galore. I mean. Coke in the 80s, insanity. And obviously, I think they started to broach the, the – uh, they, they hit on Len Bias, actually. They did a lot mm-hmm. on Len Bias, in 1986 death of a uh, you know, top-five pick out of Maryland who went to the Celtics and probably changed their future. All right, I'm going to okay. go on and on because I freaking love that show. But you right, you nailed it. Is Adrian Brody Pat Riley? Yes, he
2: is. Yeah? Okay. I like that. Yeah, I, I mean, is. he looked like it, so that's what I thought. I was like, he's got to be Pat so Riley. So we got to get There's more Adrian no Brody.
0: That's going to be awesome. Number two. Boy, with all this conference chaos, so we got Oregon-Washington going on to the pack. Check that. Never going to get this right. The Big Ten. We've got Arizona, Arizona State, and well, Colorado, but plus now Utah. Probably official to the Big 12 here in the next couple of days. What a kick in the nads. I think UNLV fans are a little bit sad, but we'll present a case here that will make you a little bit optimistic. The two schools that have the most arrogant fans, and I think the arrogance runs pretty high up in the admins, what a day. And the last couple weeks for San Diego State and Boise State. What a kick in the freaking teeth.
2: What are you talking about? Boise State was largely coveted by every single one of these conferences, weren't they?
0: Weren't they named in every single report? No, not a single one. Oh, no, not one. And, and and the fact that UNLV and San Diego State have been mentioned, even Fresno's been mentioned. Of course. As schools that could bump up to the Big 12 or what was the Pac-12, Boise never got mentioned. Does that sour... The egos of Boise State fans at all? No, of course not. No, no one wants you, and you're still cocky.
2: I saw a tweet earlier today in a Boise State thread about how you got to get the uh, you got to get the Pac-12 schools into the Mountain West, and then kick out New Mexico and UNLV. They don't offer anything in terms of athletics. You know, you know like I. That's well, first off. That's the other part about this that Boise State fans, because that's the only thing they have to hang their hat on, is the athletic part about it. Athletics is a very minor thing in this whole deal. It's about market. It's about what you bring. It's about TV rights. It's about all sorts of things. Potential. Growth. And that's why a school like, or a program like UNLV was actually named in a couple of these. Why? Because the city's growing. Because the market size is bigger than minuscule Boise. Boise's
0: growing. It's got a very, very nice... uh No. Restaurant culture. I was gonna say, you know, the arrogance is beyond belief. Like you ever and been to the Chili's on Bower Street and yeah. Farm? Like, I don't know, I don't know. Remember if the real
2: Fiesta
3: streets. Bowl in 07? Yeah. Come okay. on. That's a good point. Yeah. So I rem- obnoxious. I
2: remember in 2009 when I got when I got my lunch break at Starbucks, and I was excited to watch Boise State, Georgia, that one time. That was it. I and
0: I haven't heard crap from San Diego San Diego State fans in weeks. Right. Good. Good. Number one. Alright, good. Glass half full. I promise we're gonna give a glass half full take on the Mountain West and what's Remaining, I really do believe that some good things are going to come out of this. Do you? Sure. Like for the
2: Mountain West? Yeah. You know, as we talked about in the first hour, when you look at this, now is the time to, okay, Oregon State, Washington State, let's go. Come on in. Right. Increase the teams here. Improve your TV deal. Get more exposure. You know, in the grand scheme of things, especially when we're talking about this because it's through the prism of football, is it going to be a conference that's going to have an easy way to like a national championship? No.
0: But, well, they, but it has an auto bid. Yep. Right? Well, technically it doesn't. It has a group of five auto bid. Right. I'm guessing that the Pac-12 auto bid will go away here in the next couple years. Or does it
2: go to somebody else?
0: Who else will it go to? What, are they going to give two to the SEC?
2: I mean, American would maybe be there next?
0: No. The AAC just lost a bunch of teams. The AAC is clearly behind. The AAC is half Conference USA. Right. It's all the good Conference USA teams. You have a chance here with the existing schools. And yeah, for Boise and San Diego State, there's nowhere to go right now. Here's your goal. Make the Mountain West Conference stronger, yep. right? Add Washington State and Oregon State, who, frankly, those schools should be at, at the group of five level anyway. They, you know, schools like Iowa State, same thing. There are certain schools out there that have just been grandfathered in, anointed mm-hmm. as a power five. They're not real power five. It's more of a match for Washington State and Oregon State to be in the Mountain West. And
2: Oregon State's improving, to be so fair. So
0: then at that point, and I, I'm not even going to talk Cal and Stanford because yeah. I think it's a separate deal. But at that point, you've got a big conference, um, and here's your goal, Right win! Whoever wins consistently over the next four years and has a market that Power Fives could be interested in, there's going to be a couple more slots that Power Fives pick up. This is going to finish, I think, out about 80 teams in a big Power Five. So there's openings, but you have to do and get done your business at home sure. in your conference. And by the way, that also means that schools in the AAC might have a chance. There's probably a few more spots. So Boise and you know UNLV's a ways away. they got to start winning in football, and basketball's got to get back. A lot of the things they've done to the school are positives, but there are some openings here. And with the Pac-12 gone, now you're, you're the best group of five conference if you add those two Pac-12 schools and one of the power fives, bye-bye. So I don't think it's – Listen, the ideal thing would be for the Pac-12 to stay around mm-hmm. and remain a Power 5 and have 16 teams, but they they were—they had no foresight. They're cocky. They didn't want to do it, and now they've been fractured and they're about to be split up and the conference is about to go bye-bye. It's ridiculous. <laughs> That's funny. I was just saying to the guys during the break, John and DeMond, I'm like, I'm not ready for football. Like, knowledge-wise, I'm okay, but all the stuff that goes into football season – it's going to get crazier. It's going to get crazy. And then this conference stuff today is freaking blowing my wig off, and I don't wear a wig. My bald spot's sure, getting balder.
2: I was going to say, the, the hair that you grow really long up front that and I then flip
0: to... back over your bald spot.
2: Yeah, it's gonna I do. Away. I
0: try to do a, a trump. I try to sculpt my hair. Uh, it's, a, it's a mess. Uh, let's get into another Raiders opponent preview. As Daniel? Oh, yeah, Fusi is with us from the Miami Herald. How are you, sir?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, are you in football mode? I mean, you guys started a little earlier than we did. We, uh, John and I cover a lot of UNLV football, and we cover the Raiders as well. But uh, once football is here for media people and uh, fans' content, man, it comes like a 1,000 miles
1: an hour. Not most definitely, but, you know, it's kind of like training camp preseason for us. You know, we're getting into swinging things and slowly, but surely getting back to some real football. So it's been fun.
0: All right. Um, I want to get to the defense of the Dolphins in a couple minutes, but obviously the, the big topic of the team is constantly Tua and – his health. So how do you answer the question when people ask how do they keep him healthy and what did Tua do that was proactive in the offseason to try to stay healthier?
1: Well, I guess you, you know, cross your fingers, pray to whatever God you believe in and, and then some, you know, obviously uh, I was unfortunate what happened to him. He had a breakout season last year, but dealt with those two documented concussions that knocked him out for five games. Including the wild card loss, uh, but yeah, they they have been in the Dolphins into a. Uh, it's been a top uh, top to bottom approach, um, really proactive approach to make sure that he stays healthy. Uh, he's been doing he was doing jujitsu in the off season weekly, uh, trying to learn how to fall correctly, kind of transfer uh, you know the energy in his body so he has not kind of bang in the back of his head as we saw a couple times. Uh, he's really bulked up. He's added about ten pounds, particularly in the upper body, just to be able to withstand those hits. Uh, and then again, it's just kind of the, the overall, just the way he's playing, you know, he's a guy that sometimes likes to hold on to the ball, um, but he's kind of getting that ingrained in his mind that, hey, you can live to see another play. You can live to see another down and throw the ball away. Obviously, we don't know if all that will, uh, you know, really work or really uh, benefit him until he gets out on the field, uh, but there's optimism that uh, the right steps have been taken.
2: What changed into his game or what did Mike McDaniel's offense do for him that maximized his skill set? But he was playing at a high level last year, it was almost to be a borderline elite, some of his peak performances. What changed with him?
1: Yeah, I think it was a very coherent um, plan to build an offense around him as well as um, the positive kind of uh, affirmation and positive reinforcement that came along with the arrival of Mike McDaniel. Obviously, former coach Brian Flores didn't have the greatest relationship with Tua. It's kind of a frosty relationship, as I often describe it. Uh, but from the moment Mike McDaniel came in, he built Tua up. He kind of had to build him back up and say, hey, you are a good player. You know, uh, There's a really cool story about how he showed, like, 500 plays, or he, was, he had he put together 500 plays of uh, good plays from Tua just to show him and show others in the organization that he can play. So, obviously, you add Tyreek Hill, you, uh, you know marry him with Jalen Waddle you put a system in place that really accentuates his talents which is getting the ball out quickly and accurately um, and making, uh, in short to medium areas of the field um, and then you see a guy that really blossoms and now you see that confidence really taking, uh, really taking a hold of him
2: when you look at some of the additions that they can make uh, at this point one of the names that has been thrown out there is some buzz around it Dalvin Cook uh, have you heard anything about this so what could they do with Cook if that's something realistic <laughs>
1: Yeah, I would say it's kind of a waiting pattern. You know, there, there's been mutual interest dating back to earlier in the off season when the Dolphins did speak with the Vikings about a lot of trade. Um, I think that there was some uh, difference of opinion on the draft compensation, um, so it didn't go forward. Um, obviously, since been released, um, the Dolphins did place an offer on the table, um, but it's definitely not what uh, Dalvin Cook is seeking financially. So he's in no rush. The Dolphins are in no rush. They like the guys that they have currently in place. They resigned signed some of their veteran backs, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson. They also drafted a third-round running back at chain. He's the fastest running back in the draft class. He's really flashed. So they're in no uh, rush to, to you know, maybe try to court da- Dalvin Cook. Uh, I guess the offer's on the table, and we're just kind of waiting to see what happens with Dalvin Cook.
0: We're doing a Dolphins preview as uh, Daniel Fusi from the Miami (laughs) Herald is with Cofield and Company here at ESPN Las Vegas, ESPN Reno. John, across the way, at Steve Cofield. We are fascinated, and we were going into the uh, Mike McDaniel regime with McDaniel style. Um, He's a very sarcastic guy. Uh, I'm not saying he's smoking weed all the time, but he's kind of chill. He's chill. Um, How do you think he came across? Because you said he connected with Tua. How do you think he came across with – the entire team, but especially old guard guys who want to be screamed and yelled at.
1: Yeah, well, I'm going to say, I don't know. If, I really don't know if the uh, old guard, I mean, there's not too many old guard, old guard guys. You know, a lot of it is uh, the league is increasingly becoming younger. Yeah. I mean, you need guys who can relate uh, to them to that point. You know, McDaniel is like 39 years old, like you said, very dry humor, self deprecating humor. Um, but I think that, in a sense, um, him kind of, you know, accepting himself and not afraid to be himself it kind of rubbed off on others like Tua and others in the building. Um, he's created an environment um, that has allowed people to be themselves. Um, but at the same time, you know, he's funny. He cracks jokes. But from what I hear from players, you know, when it's time to work, he's hard on them. He gets on them. He focuses on the details. Uh, so, you know, there's that, there's that nice balance uh, in the locker room.
0: Yeah, really, by the old guard thing, I didn't mean that the players are old guard in age, but maybe they're used to being coached a certain way. And then all of a sudden, what, what I've talked about is the NFL is going yeah. in more in the direction of the cerebral guys and the calm guys uh, versus right. the big galoots. And like Dan Campbell kind of worked, you know, screaming kind of crazy guy, nut, nuts guy, you know. Um, that used to be the old style. I, I wonder if the whole league is going to go more cerebral, or is that more of an offensive thing? Are we just going to get, in, until everyone switches to an offensive coach, if you have defensive head coaches, a lot of those guys are just used to freaking driving guys into the ground.
1: Yeah, that's definitely the flavor, you know, the young, offensive-minded guys. I mean, you do make a good point, because when I spoke to um, a lot of players last year, especially when uh, they played the Steelers, and Brian Flores was on that staff last year, um, I was kind of asking players about the difference. And a lot of the guys said, yeah, we actually did have to kind of get used to this new style, even Tua included, because Tua was used to Brian Forrest. He was used to Nick Saban at Alabama. So to not have a guy that's maybe kind of yelling at him and really grilling him, it's a little bit different. But obviously, you know, there's different ways to connect with the team. I think McDaniel has kind of been able to push the right button.
2: So this is the first year for Vic Fangio as a true defensive coordinator. What are some of the changes for this defense that we're going to see?
1: Well, it's uh, stylistically it's going to be a complete 180 degree change. You know, uh, under Brian Flores and even the year after he was fired, uh, this has been a very blitz heavy, man heavy defense um, with Vic Fangio. Uh, you're not going to have that as much. You're going to have a lot more uh, multiplicity, versatility, a lot of pre and post not disguises, um, I and more zone coverage, which I think will benefit the group. You know, Fabian Howard has been one of the best man to man corners in the league. He's getting up there in age I think he's entering his year, uh, uh inch-30 season. Um, he dealt with some injuries, so he's looking forward to playing, uh, you know, in more zone, kind of have his eyes to the quarterback. Obviously, Jalen Ramsey's uh, sideline for, you know, most of the regular season. Um, but, you know, they have some young guys who have also stepped up as well. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see what they do with some of their cornerbacks.
0: Yeah, what are they going to do uh, in the stat of Ramsey?
1: Yeah, so we have a couple of young guys that are uh, kind of contending for some, uh, some, some playing time. Um, one name to, uh, to, to note is Kiter Kohu. He was an undrafted rookie from last year. He started 13 games. I think he's going to be their uh, nickel corner in the slot this year. But they need a guy on the outside to replace Ramsey. So they have got Cam Smith, uh, the second-round pick from this year from South Carolina. Um, he looks really, really good. He just has great ball skills. He's always recording pass breakups, getting his hands on the ball. And they've got uh, a 2020 first-round pick from a couple of years back, Noah Igbenogany. Had some early career struggles, hasn't played much, um, but he says that this scheme is a better fit for him. And so far, that's what it's looking like. They also added Eli Apple uh, a couple of days ago. Um, you know, a lot of people that kind of know him know him as kind of being the foil antagonist to Tyree Kill. Um, but, you know, they're all on good terms. Um, he's, you know, making some plays as well. So they have got an open competition there to replace Jalen Ramsey.
3: Yeah, this is just what I wanted to ask you about, that Tyreek Hill-Eli Apple beef. Is it squashed out there on the same team, or has it been some friendly banter between them?
1: Okay, so I would say it's squashed, but it was never really there, and there still is some friendly banter. So we spoke to uh, Eli Apple after his first practice on July 30th. He said, man, it's all good. We're on the same team. We're all competitors. We actually spoke to Tyree Kill just a couple hours ago after Friday's practice. And he's like, hey, that was all social media stuff. Uh, the Dolphins actually called Tyree Kill before they made the signing just to kind of check in and make sure things were things were all right. And he kind of co-signed it as one of the veterans. Uh, and he said, yeah. I would love to have uh, Eli Apple here, but he kind of joked and you know, had some fun with it. and He said, hey, this is how I look at it. I get to embarrass him every day. Uh, so we haven't actually seen that matchup yet on the field, uh, but you know that's something that we're going to be watching out for the next couple weeks.
0: Is all that stuff that Tyrell, uh, Tyreek Hill talks about in the podcast and kind of getting in beefs, can it actually be good for a team? Um, yeah, obviously times have to be good. You have to be winning. But I wonder what you think of covering him, of uh, Tyreek Hill, and all the talk.
1: Yeah, he's definitely one of the more unique, eccentric players that I've covered in my going on fifth year covering the NFL. Um, you know, he's a guy that just likes to speak his mind. Um, sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not so great, but he's kind of a straight shooter um, to a, to an extent. You know, he just likes to joke around a lot. So sometimes you do have to kind of uh, kind of double take and say, hey, is he really mean this or is he kind of you know, pulling our chain? Um, but he's definitely a fun guy and he's a fun player to cover, obviously.
0: Dolphins by the betting numbers, uh, over-under wins, 9.5. What do you think?
1: Oh, uh, man. So the Ramsey news, the Ramsey injury news really put a damper. I really thought that this was one of the most talented rosters, not only in the AFC but in the NFL. I still do like over 9.5. I think that, uh, you know, second year in this Mike McDaniel scheme, as long as Tua stays healthy, which is the really a major question with that. If he stays healthy, I think that they're for sure a 10-win team, and a team that can win the AFC East, maybe contend for the AFC if not, you know, obviously, you know, there's a big drop-off in the back of quarterbacks, Skylar Thompson, Mike White. And I do like over nine-and-a-half wins.
0: Check out Daniel's work in the Miami Herald. We appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Anytime. Thanks for having me. Good job, Adamon, grabbing uh, Daniel Oyafusi. Odds in the AFC East. Bills plus 125. Jets plus 250. Miami 3-1. to one. Pats 8 to one are you pumping the fist for the patch you play the patch they're
2: gonna be good this year man i'm telling
0: you really yes you put
2: money down at eight to one i got a little i put a little on that more on the win total over
1: it's cofield and company live on
0: espn las vegas and espn sports reno i told you guys i told you guys this thing has me all screwed up this conference realignment thing—it threw, threw me for a loop uh, just a little while ago. And uh, I, you, normally, I'm—you I'm, know—since I lead the show and have to know when we go to break, I'm pretty good at knowing the clock. But I—I I was walking out of the room. You would have been fine. You guys—you you, would have been fine. Plus, we—we we wanted to get into what Damon has been trying to get this on the show the last couple of days, and I'm not exactly sure the infatuation, but I think I know where he's going here. I know where I'm going to go with it. Um, so we had talked about HBO Max last week. I don't know if you saw this, John. Maybe you were on the show when we talked about it. The Sunday ticket,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know, yes. I, I, I've talked about YouTube and having a rush to get YouTube by uh, June 6th and get a discount. And then we found out last week, it was you on the show, right? Yes. That HBO Max might have some sort of package with YouTube and Google where you can get the Sunday ticket on HBO Max. And now the last couple of days, Damon, you've been finding stories that, seem to be suggesting that not only could HBO Max have Sunday ticket, but they may really get into the whole sports broadcasting thing.
3: Yeah, David Zaslov, you know, I'm paid and bought for, you know, by David Zaslov. But I think that <laughs> it would be good that if Max could get in on live sports. I don't know where you were going with it. i also have a professional wrestling interest as that's where AEW airs. But for me, I don't know how they can keep doing all this? Like, where's the money coming from? Do the numbers they said in their last quarter earnings report that they lost over a million subscribers? So how can they still try to have this manifest destiny of we're going forward, we're going forward, but people keep leaving the streaming service? Can
2: HBO start their own college football conference? Could <coughs> they just well, be like, you know what, we're going to be HBO conference, HBOC, and we're just, we'll fund the media rights deals.
0: Let's do this thing. I mean, this is an ethical question. I'm not even sure how it would work. That's a great
3: idea, actually. <laughs> well,
0: I'm, I'm going to go even further. Who could be the savior of all sports because they have unlimited money? Oh, of course. Should George Klyavkov gotten the presidents around the Pac-12 together and started up their own network with the help of the Saudis? Could have saved – you know what?
2: The Saudis could have saved all of your fancy little traditions and all your rivalries that you guys keep crying about. Could have saved it.
0: I'm hoping that if uh, HBO Max, or Max as it's being called, um, that they want to get further into the, the sports world, that, yeah, there could be some more money for college conferences. So To pay the players, right? Um, that would be revolutionary. Wouldn't that be neat if, well, what if it was a Mountain West conference and they actually broke rank and they find a TV provider who gives them so much money that they're like, you know what, we are going to cut in the players for a small cut, it doesn't have to be just nil, but they actually get part of the TV deal. Sure, Harbaugh, I think, kind of joked about it. I think there was something behind why he was doing it. He talked about it last year that maybe they should get a cut of the money. I don't know, man. The, the 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 thing with Max and some other stuff that's on the horizon, a lot of the streaming stuff, and again, we had Monty on yesterday. He's a talk show host out of Utah, and he he obliterated the Pac-12 because and it was really kind of an ages take, but. His take was, hey, president of this school is this age, president of this school is this age, you know, another power broker uh, in the Pac-12 is this age. They just could not grasp that a lot of this is going to streaming and they were just against it. I think he I think he he was I think he was hammering on the Washington president saying she just doesn't get it. So, is there could there be a college conference that is not in the Power 5 that makes some revolutionary deal where they are heavy streaming? but they're super creative in getting subscribers and they actually get a really good deal.
2: I mean, that or HBO throws its hat into the ring with like, you know, the NBA media rights deal coming up here
0: in the next what, year and a half. Where Well, I know they could f I know they could f over the traditional networks. Well, that's and that's right? what my At least thinking push is the envelope.
2: is all of a sudden if you're HBO, you could find yourself in a place where like, why don't we try this? Right? Why don't we try to become like HBOS, Home Box Office Sports and try to start our own little network and buy the media rights deal of the NBA and do all this sort of thing.
0: This hour is brought to you by our friends at Battleborne Injury Alerts. Give them a call 766-1400. you need advice, you need help. Offices in Reno and Las Vegas and Henderson. You Can you make up your mind, please?
2: <laughs> what?
0: About I'm what t- you want to watch today. I'm trying uh, to put something on. The, usually no one watches TV in here. Because the TV is behind me purposely because I don't want to watch TV during the show. Uh, Adam is writing 99% of the time, so his head is in the computer. Uh, I don't know what Willie does, but Willie's pretty engaged. You started watching, you said some muscle-fest competition. Oh, put that back on. What was that? Uh, that was the CrossFit Games, Steve, the 2023 okay. CrossFit Games. And then you switched to Cornhole, which, I mean, I'm a, I'm a supporter of uh, lard asses playing sports. But what you just turn on? I mean, the, the, the fat guy, the lefty who was throwing— he was spinning the bag. He was throwing
2: it so lazily and yet so accurately. It was so good. It was cr- well, it's, and it's not just, you know, fat slubs. The, the girl they were just showing right now was like a two-time Olympic gold medalist in like a 400-meter whatever. Oh, really? Yeah. I say whatever because I, I couldn't see if it was sprinting or like track, you know, would or you like, swimming.
0: Would you like to see the, the, the lefty who was a bit portly? Would you like to see him play slam ball? Uh,
2: I would, or think? I would like to see him participate in the CrossFit games that I was watching. Either that one. That
0: would save his life.
2: I mean, that would be cool. I think I'd watch that. Wouldn't you watch like out of shape people like me participate in like a lesser version of the CrossFit games, that they could somewhat get through without dying?
3: I think that's the thing about CrossFit. Like a guy like you, I don't. Man, that sound like a sound like a bad thing coming out of my mouth. Huh. But you know, people of your size, well, I don't think it's you getting can, worse. Yeah, I yeah, no, know. I'm, I'm, I'm stepping. He doesn't know how to describe you. Out of shape people, short, that I don't, muscly,
0: <laughs> Damon pro wrestler guy. That's right. I don't know how they can tone else. it
3: down that much.
0: Um, you know what I'd like to see you do as a guy who's you know in less than optimal shape is go to a club late night and try to get on an elevator with an NFL running back. How do you think you'd it's, make out? It's a weird segue. It is a weird I, I segue. I don't but, think I would start a fight. Well, because uh, Darnell Green found out that that wasn't going to work. This was a couple of years ago at the Pro Bowl. He got friggin' lit up by Kamara. And a bunch of his friends to the point where they beat him senseless. They broke the orbital bone. It finally came to a conclusion. There was a settlement, a slap on the wrist locally for Kamara with a fine and community service. Kamara then met with Raj Goodell, I guess, explained his case. I think it might have worked. What did he say? He gets three games. Why isn't it six? There's video available. Is that, <laughs> that is that defendable, really...
3: what they did to this guy? Yeah, you can't really see. We told him, take the next one. Yeah. We told him, take
0: the next elevator. He farted
3: in the elevator. It
0: was, <laughs> it
2: was
3: unacceptable. It's not funny. I
0: mean, we're laughing. The guy got his ass Of course kicked. he did.
3: Do we know how much he got in the settlement? No, we don't.
0: I know he sued for $10 million but I don't know what the settlement was. Is it the
2: the all shucks, I did did so wrong mentality that is helping him? Um, He seems very repentant. Is that the right word? No,
0: I actually think, and for people in Reno who hate Vegas, maybe this is one of the reasons you hate us, because we've become such a big city, and the highfalutin attorneys who defend these celebrities who come into town pretty much get celebrities whatever they want. Mm. I mean, we have a track record now. He got nothing in our justice system, Kamara, Mm -hmm. for being involved in this fight. He goes back to the NFL. They told us eight years ago now that all of these incidents would have a standard six-game suspension, but they can't be a standard because you can challenge it. So the the suspensions are all over the map. The penalties are all over the map. So Kamara really got nothing in the justice system. Um, We just had Cardi B at the same property at a pool party have water thrown on her, and she decides to whip a microphone. Let me tell you, folks. If I throw, I'm not, I'm going to say this, Cardi B's in shape and maybe she's got a hose and she didn't get to show it off there. If I throw, if I throw a microphone like she had with a little bit of velocity, I will F someone up. If I hit him in the right spot, you want me to throw a microphone at your head? Not at all. Right? I mean, the mic is, it can be a dangerous weapon. And even with words, nothing, nothing. She's not going to get anything. I mean, but that's also,
2: that's also on the person, right, to pursue charges. I mean, I don't care. if uh, The I don't authorities care. could go after her. That's a good point.
3: For throwing a microphone? Yeah. Oh, it's assault, Why not? right?
2: Or I don't know what the official term is. If it's Did she actually battery, hit
3: but... them? Oh, yeah, she and hit so? somebody. What, where have you been? But, but no, but I mean, is it like, oh, my gosh, my eye is swollen up because Cardi B threw that microphone at me.
0: The Damon Arnett case just got settled. He allegedly flashed a gun. At a valet at Park MGM, that thing got pled down to nothing. It's like fifty hours community service and a two thousand dollar fine. I mean, I've refrained from getting a gun, but I may as well just get one if I'm just allowed to flash it at people. Dangerous and celebrity. believe me, you make I will. Sure not looking. I will, but that's why I don't have one because I don't want to do that because I know I would do it. He got nothing. Um, to get even more serious, like I don't know when. When is Henry Ruggs gonna be back in the NFL? Let's just let's just deal with reality here. All right. Is our court system just going to plead this one out? Where I would assume he's going to get jail time. Right? I would
2: assume. But again, to Uh, your point. I don't know, dude. The track record's not strong.
0: You know, we didn't really follow up on the uh, Zion Collins story. Yep. That had some finality. Uh, So, for people who don't remember, Zion Collins, star, high school basketball player, committed to UNLV. It was a huge get at the time. Before DJ Thomas, Zion Collins was a high-level recruit in the area. That was supposed to be a gigantic victory for Ots and company. And uh, now it's time to build around Zion Collins. Uh, Then he's on, what was he on? Was he on Fort Apache? You ever drive on Fort Apache down near Blue Diamond? Sure,
2: I know. If you're
0: doing 85 miles an hour, it's kind of a small road. And some poor guy freaking... Turned in front of him. Did not realize how fast Zion Collins was going. Dead. Dead. Not even 45 years old. Dead. And Zion Collins is finishing up a 90-day jail sentence. He's out next week. He got a suspended sentence of 24 to 72 months. So explain that one to me. And really nothing else. Mm -hmm. Community service. Counseling. I mean, he's playing at Iowa State next year or the year after, right? I would
2: assume that that is, the, that is going to happen. I don't know if it's specifically Iowa State, but the I mean, overall I, point is these are light sentences, and we've seen this time and time again in our society where, especially out here in Las Vegas it seems, there are times where the justice system is light, and especially for athletes, once you get out of it and you serve whatever due time,
0: then it's like, nope, you're good. Get right back into it. You know, it's funny looking back at the O.J. thing. That probably was ridiculous that they sent him to jail for that long. Mm-hmm. Based on the sentences here, I mean, do we do we want to defend some of these cases? Oh, I, I mean, I, I like to look at the other side of the story and say, you know, hey, what would be the normal sentencing for a case like Zion Collins? That that could happen. You know, you're 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 whacked, um, you know, allegedly whacked, and they they challenge the whole thing in terms of the test for weed, but. I don't know. I expected Zion Collins to get a little bit of jail time, something. Like I really, I really do not. I think people are going to see what happens to Rugs and just be blown away. Like, wow, that's it? That's it. Yep. It's pretty crazy.
3: I think those two situations, those are totally different situations than what we started with with Kamara. Oh, no, no. I'm escalating. It's, yeah, it's escalating, but I, I think all throughout time we've seen that, hey, money talks. SQ likes to say, money is undefeated. Where yeah. I hate the fact that we look at, we cover sports, obviously, and it's the professional athletes, and a lot of the times it's majority black males. But when it comes to your regular, everyday life, who knows how much stuff that people that have more money than you could ever think of because oh. their salaries aren't disclosed to you on TV every day. Mm. What are they getting away with that well, we I don't know wealthy, about? And it's not so much that it's whataboutism. Yeah. It's just that, no, this is what happens when you acquire a certain amount of wealth.
0: Yeah. I think the wealthy get light penalties all the time. A lot of, of it's about representation. If you can afford the right attorney, you can see the same couple of attorneys are involved in all of these cases and they're really good at this. They're well-paid and they get what they deserve. Right? Because look at the results. But it's pretty crazy. And I'm joking. I don't think I could pull a gun on someone and get a light penalty. I'm a nobody. And I wouldn't be able to pay for this sort of representation. But, it, but it's... But for residents of Vegas, um, and if this stuff happens in Reno, it is scary because if you run into the wrong person on the wrong day and they're a celebrity and they injure you, you know, either in a car accident or just beat the hell out of you, you're probably not getting a whole lot. You might get a money settlement, and maybe right. that's about all you're going to get. But I mean, that's that's like five stories where you're like, whoa, and, when, and Ruggs hasn't come to a conclusion yet. It's just the Kamara thing is funny. Because there was video, and I know it wasn't great video, but there was video in a casino of a brutal fight, and we've seen video go viral in other cases with celebrities, and those celebrities, get they get hit hard, right? What do we always say? If Ray Rice had done what he had done, well, I mean, it's, uh, compare Greg Hardy and Ray Rice. Sure. What Greg Hardy did, at least according to the, the stories, the reports, police reports, and some of the pictures, it was... It was Ray Rice was vicious. It was way more vicious than Ray Rice. But because people saw the image of her being dragged around around an elevator, that just did it for him. And I, I've said the whole time, I feel like the Camara video over at Trey's outside this elevator like just really never went viral. It's weird, isn't it?
2: I mean, is it that it, did, it went viral or it didn't go viral, or is it that we've become numb to videos like that and it's not? Well, that's sad. Isn't doesn't it doesn't really register that much. I mean, when it comes to like fights and whatnot. I feel like there's something there to that.
3: Because that happens at Dre's more often than you think. The only difference is Alvin Kamara happens to be famous. Hmm. You think that's the first guy who got got his butt whooped at Dre? Which, which, by the way, is another
0: story in this. One of our local businesses, I don't want to freaking say that it happens all the time because I'm not there, but uh, you would think that couldn't be good for the reputation, but they're freaking steaming along, aren't they?
3: And by the get, way, that, I can get in for a that, good price. I'd be there this
0: weekend. That that club, inv- but the other thing is that club invites people who have been in trouble at
1: mm-hmm. other places.
0: Like, how many times they had Chris Brown there? That's a performer. He's getting, he's getting, he's getting butts in seats. He's selling tickets. I get it. But the rep going in, he's still, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, he kills it. He's a gigantic draw. Believe me. He's, he, he is a great artist.
3: You try well, to sell out with gospel music and see what happens.
0: Yeah. Good point. Challenge accepted. <laughs> so, Adam the other day said with Kamara, almost no effect on the the over-under win number. We thought it might be six games. So, for three games, is it really going to affect their season that much when they have Jamal Williams?
2: Well, I'd argue, I mean, it's going to affect, if it was six games, I would very much argue against nothing happening. Right. It would be an adjustment of juice, whatever. Maybe nothing. This, not really. I think every situation is unique, though. I mean, running backs overall aren't going to affect a win total that much in any way, shape, or form. Uh, however given the percentage of the offense that is on Alvin Kamara's shoulders. Maybe it doesn't affect the win total, but maybe
0: it should. Maybe you can make an argument that he's one of the rare cases where it should. And I was telling you guys, watching Kamara, I think he addressed it yesterday before the three-game suspension came out. He had talked about the Goodell meeting. I thought it came off really well. Like said, embarrassed. Sure. His family – the shield, the team. He apo- I mean, he apologized a bunch of times. There was no but. There were because you know sometimes the apologies don't feel heartfelt. And the crazy thing is, I was watching him talk. I'm like, and you should never judge this, right? But I'm watching him. I'm like, he doesn't seem like the guy who would be getting involved in brawls like this. But sometimes you you hang with the wrong dudes. I uh, believe me. The way I speak, you would expect me to get in brawls like that. Mm-hmm. My problem is, I'm too old and too fat and uh, have no hands and. So I'm not going to get in brawls like that. but Because because to your point, DeMond, this stuff happens all the time. It happens all the time at pool parties. It happens all the time when people are drinking. It's just that this was a high-profile one in a league that routinely just smashes mm-hmm. its players as judge, jury, and executioner, and it seems like he got off kind of late. It, I, I think his attitude toward it probably helped. Yeah,
2: What he expressed publicly is probably what he expressed to Goodell, and that's probably helping in a really –
0: in terms of at least lightening the punishment, what he got from that. I saw a Dallas Cowboy fan saying like, "Oh, if it was a Cowboy, Shut up. forget about it." What do you mean, John? John's like, "Shut up." Well,
2: because like, what's like, because you said like the last one was yeah, like a guy like Greg Hardy, he was a piece of garbage. What got six games that year? Like, no, nobody cares. Like, they're not. It's Jerry Jones. He controls the league. What are you talking about?
0: Coming up, we'll get to some NBA Team USA. John was out there covering Team USA getting ready for FIBA in the Philippines and an exhibition game coming up on Monday against Puerto Rico.